McCarthy, the Republican Speaker of the House of Representatives, did not have a very good week, folks. In spite of the fact that he actually did give the extremist wing of his party everything they wanted this week by officially, well, technically not officially, but in his mind, officially launching the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. So people like Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, y'all got everything you wanted. And it still wasn't enough. Matt Gates came out during a speech on the House floor after, after Kevin McCarthy announced the impeachment inquiry and Gates threatened to uh, go ahead and bring up for a motion to dismiss against Kevin McCarthy as speaker. He said he's willing to do it every day if he has to, if McCarthy does not give in to his other demands, his other demands, of course, being related to the budget battle that has to be resolved by the end of the month before the government goes into a partial shutdown. And during a Republican caucus meeting on Thursday, according to Republican representative Brian Mast of Florida, who is actually on McCarthy's side, McCarthy finally became so irate with these Republican extremists in his party that he shouted profanely at them. Here is what McCarthy said, according to representative Mast. If you want to file a motion to vacate, then file the effing motion. Later in the day, speaking to reporters, Kevin McCarthy confirmed it. He says, I showed frustration in here because I am frustrated with some people in the conference. Makes sense. Like I showed frustration because I'm frustrated, but here's the deal, Kev. You're frustrated because what you did, like, if you want to file a motion, file the friggin' motion, right? You gave them the power to file the motion though, because you gave them that power so you could become the speaker of the house. You did this to yourself. So I'm sorry. I I, I get that you are frustrated about it, but you kind of don't have a right to be frustrated about it. You gave these people the keys to the car at the beginning of this year and said, if you make me speaker, I'll pass a rule that says a single person can bring up motion to vacate and then house vote on whether or not I get to be speaker. One person, anytime, any moment, as many times as you want, you can do that. If you make me speaker, he gave them the keys to the car. Well, unfortunately now these people are drunk with power. So you've got a drunk behind the wheel, basically. And that's your fault, Kevin. You did that to yourself and you're still bowing down to these extremists and they're still not happy. Do you know why? Because they will never be happy. They want absolute power. They want retribution against a democratic party that they feel has somehow wronged them. And they're willing to take out that anger on the American public by shutting down the federal government that will cost us millions of dollars a day in economic activity. Not to mention the financial hardship that it will put for the workers who will be furloughed during any portion of a shutdown. But Republicans in your caucus, the ones that you gave the power to Kevin are the ones willing to inflict that pain upon us because they're mad at Democrats. So you don't get to be frustrated. What you get is a lesson in how not to be a leader because you have been a glaringly beautiful example of everything that you shouldn't do as a leader in Congress. You are weak. You are pathetic. You are stupid in the decisions that you have made. 
but you did all of this to yourself. And that's why you have these Republicans like Matt Gates right now, flexing the muscle, telling you, we're not going to support these, these appropriations bills. You got to change this. You got to do that. You got to do all these things to cater to us or else I'm going to bring the motion to vacate, which of course brings us back to the beginning. And that is why Kevin was like, you know what? Screw it. Bring the motion to vacate. I don't even care anymore. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. As we've talked about earlier in the week, Lauren Boebert this past weekend was kicked out of a performance of Beetlejuice the musical for causing a scene and using her phone and of course, allegedly vaping. Now, out of all of those allegations, the vaping indoors next to a pregnant woman is the only one that Lauren Boebert adamantly denied. She was not vaping during that performance. And it's ridiculous to even suggest that. And now there's actually video that literally shows Lauren Boebert vaping near a pregnant woman indoors during the performance of Beetlejuice, the musical. Here is that video that proves that Lauren Boebert is an absolute liar. And if I might add, uh, quite trashy as well. Here she is. Bobert, Bobert, Bobert. Say it three times and she appears in security video from a weekend performance of Beetlejuice, where the congresswoman was kicked out of the theater for being disruptive. The DCPA says she was vaping. Bobert's team denied that, said the haze was from fog machines in the show. That claim goes up in smoke when you see the video. The pregnant woman sitting behind Bobert told the Denver Post she asked her to stop vaping, and Bobert refused. Her one-woman show continued, taking flash photos, raising her hands and dancing, often the only one clapping or standing up in the crowd. Bobert occasionally took a break from being disruptive to enjoy the company of her male companion. He briefly had a grasp on the situation before ushers returned and told Bobert she had to leave. That video, of course, is from uh, Next with Kyle Clark. So uh, bravo, Mr. Clark, on having that video. Uh, here's the thing, though, that Lauren Bobert should have realized the rest of her, well, pretty much all of it now that we know, uh, was, was caught on surveillance video, right? There's video of her being escorted out. There's video of her giving the staffers the middle finger as she's being escorted out. And in the full clip that Mr. Clark, uh, actually had there, he does show that at the end. But here's the thing in that clip you just saw, you can see that at one point, the woman behind Bobert, like after she takes a rip off her vape, like leans over and talks to her for a moment possibly, although obviously there's no audio with the, uh, uh, surveillance video. I'm assuming she's asking her to stop. I mean, that seems logical, but also you've got to wonder like, what the hell was Bobert thinking? You're not like, that's not allowed. You can't do that. What the hell is wrong with you? I mean, you can't wait till intermission to run outside and take a few rips off the vape and then go back in for the remainder of their performance. Now you can't sit for two, two and a half hours, whatever, without feeling the need to get that, uh, in your system. Jesus H man. I mean, look, trust me. I know I get it, but it's also, you know, if you've got a little bit of willpower, you can sit for an hour or two without having to do that in an area where you're not allowed to do it. Here's another part. And this just kind of shows how obnoxious Bobert is. 
You see her in the video, right? She's the old, like everybody else in that theater is like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're watching along with the play. Bobert's sitting there. She's like getting into it. She's all, wow, wow, yeah. Like it's, um, it's, it's Beetlejuice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you were the only one behaving in that manner that we can see through that whole theater. You were literally the only one there doing that. So, you know, that, that speaks a lot to her character. She doesn't care about everybody else around her. She doesn't care that they paid good money for the tickets. She's ruining their experience at the theater, but more importantly, hopefully she is ruining her chances of winning reelection next year. As I've repeatedly talked about, uh, her advisors are telling her she's got to tone it down. Republican voters in the district who voted for her twice have already said they're sick of her. They're not going to do it again. She's struggling with the fundraising. She's struggling against her opponent, Adam Frisch, and this whole Beetlejuice thing and lying about vaping, especially now that we have the video footage that confirms it. This isn't going to help her in next year's election. Well, folks, Donald Trump is so desperate to halt the fraud trial that begins on October 2nd against him, his adult sons, and of course the Trump organization. He's so desperate to make it go away that he has now filed a lawsuit against the judge, Judge Arthur Ingeron, who's overseeing that trial. Trump is now suing him to stop the trial. He's suing him under what's known as an article 70, uh, uh, 78 proceeding. Now let me read this <laughs> in an emergency court filing Thursday morning, attorneys for the former president and his associates cited a quote urgency that required New York's higher courts to step in. They want an appellate judge to commence an article 78 special proceeding against justice, Arthur F. Ingeron, one that would force him to decimate a case brought by the attorney general, Letitia James. Trump's filing claims Ingeron and James are trying to defy an appellate court ruling that could limit James's lawsuit against Trump that claims he defrauded investors by overstating the Trump organization's values. Um, here's the thing. Such a thing doesn't exist, right? Like there, there, there is no actual appellate court ruling that says you cannot move forward with a trial. So I don't know what they're talking about, but they're like, Hey, the appellate court said they, they can't do this and they're still doing it. So you gotta, you gotta do this article 78 proceeding here so that we can make it go away. Like that's, that's, that's not going to happen. That's not even what that's for. Let me read you this from the New York state law. Article 78 proceedings are lawsuits mainly used to challenge an action or inaction by agencies of New York state and local governments. Article 78 proceedings are also sometimes filed against judges, tribunals, boards, and even private companies whose existence is based on statutory authority. Notably appeals of decisions of the New York department of labor's unemployment insurance uh, appeal board are an exception. Such appeals must be made, blah, blah, blah. Although article 78 proceedings are available to appeal most administrative actions in New York, the laws governing the particular agency or body should be consulted to determine if there is a specific appeal procedure. For example, real property law establishes a process to be used by a homeowner who wants to challenge their property tax assessment, court determinations in civil and criminal matters generally fall outside the scope of article 78 review. 
with some exceptions. Is this an exception? Probably not. This is pretty much a straightforward, you lied. We have evidence that you lied. We're going to go to court and prove that you lied. And the jury is going to determine whether or not you're going to pay us $250 million. That's a pretty straightforward thing. There's not all kinds of procedural hurdles. There's not other New York agencies that have to be involved in this that would necessitate an Article 78 proceeding. Now, I know there's a lot of legal jargon in here, folks, but let me just boil it down to the most simple thing. Trump's trial shouldn't fall under this rule. And I think he knows that, and I'm pretty sure his lawyers know that, but I think they also know something else. You want to piss off the judge? A good way to do that is to effectively sue them by using this Article 78 proceeding. Another good way is to lie about what the appellate court said. The appellate courts have not said this trick, this case can't go forward. And yet, I mean, I just read the thing like y'all, y'all are trying to argue that and say that they did say that. No, they didn't. So none of this makes any sense. None of this is going to be successful, but it shows you how desperate Trump is to stop it. The question is why this isn't a criminal lawsuit. This is civil. You're going to have to part with money, which you love more than anything else. And I get that that makes you mad, but what really makes him mad, what scares him about this trial is the information that'll come out to the public. It's not necessarily about the outcome. It's about the damage that it's going to do to his financial reputation and his organization's financial reputation. Because if there's one thing that Donald Trump is terrified of more than anything in the world, It's for the public to know that his whole persona, this image he's been projecting for decades, is nothing more than a sham. And that is what this lawsuit is threatening to expose, and that's why he wants it to go away. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.